Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever it is that y'all are up to today. Uh, one puppy dog so far, had a number of birds out for our little walk, but they went the other direction, thankfully, because they're very loud today. And a couple of girls, they're not going to come on our walk with us, but they're out and about, so pretty good crowd. As always, for those of y'all that continue to join me here on the podcast, I sure do appreciate it. I'm very grateful for that and humbled by it. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, even more so, folks, uh, I really do appreciate it, uh, and I hope that y'all get something out of it. I hope that it's helpful. As individuals, and I hope it's helpful to our country. So we're going to go on one of our little walks today. And I try often, I've said on this podcast a number of times, that I try and stay away from current events. And and I guess that's kind of a deceptive in a way because All of the things almost that we talk about are directly relatable to current events. But every once in a while, we dip into one and then tie it back to the comments of our founders or other great leaders, or sometimes we just talk about it. And that's kind of going to be the case today, folks. I'm going to read just a little short clip of a story. And then we're going to get into get into it. So this is this is from the New York Post. Whether you like them or not, I'm just going to read just a little bit, folks. So if you don't like them, don't run away just yet. Suspect in Texas cop's death was undocumented and on the run for 25 years. The man accused of killing a Texas cop with a rifle during a weekend traffic stop was an international fugitive for 25 years, prosecutors said Thursday. Oscar Rosales, 51, was arrested by Mexican authorities Wednesday in the border town of Ciudad, uh, I'm going to murder it, folks, (laughs) right on the border, and turned over to American officials. Rosales is charged with capital murder for allegedly shooting Harris County Constable Charles Galloway through the windshield of his squad car during a Houston traffic stop early Sunday morning. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement confirmed that Rosales was not a U.S. citizen and had not been in the country legally. And that's probably about enough, folks. There's more to the story. Y'all can go and find it on. And if you don't like this particular website or publication, you can go wherever you want. And it's been quite a few months since we've talked about illegal immigration directly. And this is not a one-off If you follow the news at all, you know, sadly, that this is not a unique or rare occurrence. And you know that it translates across multiple different types of incidents. It's not just murder, and it's certainly not just murder of police officers. And so I wanted to... I'm not even really sure how to dig into this book, so we're we're just going to kind of jump in. And if we need to jump back and forth, we will. 
A lot of times throughout the country, people claim that supporting illegal immigration is kind and caring. Especially you get that from a number of people who are Christian or who aren't Christian, but who want to use the Bible as kind of a, a whipping stick, if you will, which I've used that term before here, folks, for Christians saying, well, if you were really Christian, you would support this. And the, the ironic thing is for those people, they, they don't care about the Bible and, and they know very little about it. Or if they do know something about it, it's solely from the purpose of attacking people who actually have that faith. And really, that that's probably the majority here, folks. And I don't I don't say that meaning that the majority go out with the intent of attacking Christians ind individually, but this is a Christian nation, as President Wilson said, as President Truman said, as so many others have said. And so the intent is, well, we're going to do everything we can to undermine this Christian nation. And in this case, undermining it would be using Christianity to support illegal immigration, which is having disastrous effects on the country. And so just a couple of Bible verses, and they're both from the Old Testament, folks. Y'all can go and find them. It's very simple. The Bible, God talks frequently in the Old Testament about caring for the stranger, the foreigner, not oppressing them and abusing them. Absolutely true, because Israel knew what it was like to be a foreigner, to be oppressed in a foreign land. And so there's there's no argument there at all. But one thing that people like to skip over frequently are verses like these two from Leviticus 24, 22. You are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native born. I am the Lord, your God. OK, so if we're going to have the same law for the foreigner and the native. Right. First of all. One of the things that's been in the news a lot over the past decade, two decades, is how cruel it is to separate parents and children. Well, we don't do that for citizens who rob a bank. You know, if you have a bank robber that comes in and robs a bank and they have kids, we don't say, oh, well, we're not going to prosecute you because you have kids and we don't want to separate you from your kids. Ludicrous. And yet we do that for illegal immigrants, right? That's not the same law. That's not applying the law equally. The second thing here that I would just love is this is a Christian nation. So if you're going to have the same law, if you're going to use the Bible here and try and abuse it, you really want to have the same law, then you're going to have to apply, which, which we really do anyway, laws with a Christian foundation to anybody that wants to come into the country. You got no argument from me there, folks. And that, that's really, that's how it has been until we started using illegal immigration as a tool to destroy the country. Another one, let me scroll up, make sure I can find it again, folks. All right, here we go. So this is from Exodus twelve forty nine. Again, this is a different book in the Old Testament, folks. The same law applies both to the native born and to the foreigner residing among you. So, again, the point here is if you're going to, when you do let immigrants in, and this isn't saying to let illegal immigrants in, folks, by any means. This is talking about when you get immigrants that are lawfully there, you treat them the same. 
right? And But if you want to go ahead and say, oh, well, you know, we ought to let illegals in, then you can easily look at this and say, well, no, we can't do that because that's not what we're doing is we're allowing the immigrants to break the law, but we're not allowing the native-born citizens to break the law. So either way, it doesn't work. So the next thing I wanted to look at here was a... I'm, you know, honestly, folks, I'm not real sure if this is a letter uh, or something that was posted. This is by Hamilton it's from New York, January the 12th, 1802. It's titled The Examination, number eight. You can go look it up online. It's not hard to find. And we're just going to kind of read through this. Resuming the subject of our last paper, we proceed to trace still farther the consequences that may result from a too unqualified admission of foreigners to an equal participation in our civil and political rights. So what is this whole thing, these next few paragraphs are going to be about how disastrous it is to let unqualified people into the country for our political and civic system of government. And it is disastrous, folks. Absolutely disastrous. The safety of a republic depends essentially on the energy of a common national sentiment, on a uniformity of principles and habits, on the exemption of the citizens from foreign bias and prejudice, and on that love of country which will almost invariably be found to be closely connected with birth, education, and family. Uh, there's so many quotes that just popped in my head, folks, from other founders and great leaders. I'm not going to get to them all. Teddy Roosevelt, we have room for but one flag, one language, one nation, one soul loyalty, he said, President Roosevelt did, to America. <clears throat> and then uh, President Coolidge, I believe, said, if, if the universal, if the Christian values in this country cease to be all but universal, the country, the republic would fall apart, which we see again. So both of those support this commentary by Hamilton. Not that you needed it. The opinion advanced in the notes of Virginia is undoubtedly correct that foreigners will generally be apt to bring with them attachments to the persons they have left behind, to the country of their nativity, and to its particular customs and manners. They will also entertain opinions on government congenial with those under which they have lived, or if they should be led hither from a preference to ours, how extremely unlikely it is that they will bring with them that temperate love of liberty so essential to real republicanism. There may be, as yet, particular individuals, and at particular times, there may be occasional exceptions to these remarks. Yet such is the general rule. The influx of foreigners must, therefore, tend to produce a heterogeneous compound to change and corrupt the national spirit, to complicate and confound public opinion, to introduce foreign propensities. In the composition of society, the harmony of the ingredients is all important, and whatever tends to be discordant intermixture must have an injurious tendency. You see this, folks, in the simple things. You drive into any number of towns today across America, uh, and I'm just going to use one example, folks. This is certainly not picking on one country above others. It's it's the it's the act, folks, that matters. 
because we get good and bad immigrants from countries all across the world, right? It's not the country that's important. It's the attitude and the actions of the people that are coming. You go to car dealerships across multiple cities across the nation now, and you drive up and you see a foreign flag. doesn't matter whether it's Mexican flag, Honduran flag, doesn't matter whether it's a Chinese flag. Why would you put up a foreign nation's flag in a business, any business? I was talking about car sales just then, but it could be any business. Why would you put a foreign flag up equally with the American flag in America? Unless you were trying to pull in clientele that had a loyalty at least equal, if not greater, to that foreign nation than to where they're living right now, which is in America. You wouldn't. If you wanted to pull people in that had sole loyalty, as President Roosevelt said, to America, you, you wouldn't have a foreign language. You would have no other language besides English there. You wouldn't have a foreign flag. You wouldn't do anything to attract people that obviously had more connection with where they were from than where they live now. And yet we see that. The United States have already felt the evils of incorporating a large number of foreigners into their natural mass, national mass. It has served very much to divide the community and to distract our councils by promoting in different classes different predilections in favor of particular foreign nations and antipathies against others. It has been often likely to compromise the interests of our country in favor of another. In times of great public danger, there is always a numerous body of men of whom there may be just grounds of distrust. The suspicion alone weakens the strength of the nation, but their force may be actually employed, that their force may be actually employed in assisting the invader. Uh, you can go back and look at World War II for some examples of that last part, but the first half, the large number of foreigners divide the community and distract our councils. That's exactly what you see with illegal immigration, with the number of, well, I shouldn't say number because they're all, everybody that comes across illegally, folks, is a criminal. That's why the very first word is illegal immigration, right? But we have a number of terrorists that are coming across as well. We have no idea, really, honestly, what's coming across because it's wide open. And when you bring all that in, you do exactly what Hamilton was, was worried about here, just one of the many things in this paper, which is dividing the community and distracting our councils and giving preference to some countries over others based on the ties of those people that are coming because they still have more loyalty to the place that they left than the place that they've come to. In the infancy of the country, with a boundless waste to people, it was politic to give a facility to naturalization. But our situation has now changed. It appears from the last census that we have increased about one-third in ten years. After allowing for what we have gained from abroad, it will be quite apparent 
that the natural progress of our own population is sufficiently rapid for strength, security, and settlement. But what has been said, by what has been said, it is not meant to contend for a total prohibition of the right of citizenship to strangers, nor even for the very long residence, which is now a prerequisite to naturalization, and which of itself goes far towards a denial of that privilege. The present law was merely a temporary measure adopted under peculiar circumstances and perhaps demands revision. But there is a wide difference between closing the door altogether and throwing it entirely open, between a postponement of 14 years and an immediate admission to all the rights of citizenship. Some reasonable term ought to be allowed to enable aliens to get rid of foreign and acquire American attachments, to learn the principles and imbibe the spirit of our government, and to admit of at least a probability of their feeling a real interest in our affairs. A residence of at least five years ought to be required. Good Lord, folks. If you said this today, people would try and run you out of town. And it's so blatantly obvious that it needs it. it we need it. Just because you step foot in the country does not make you automatically a citizen. It does not confer citizenship to you. Equally true, the 14th Amendment that's being abused today, just because you come over and have a kid for the purpose of that kid being a citizen doesn't make that kid a citizen. There has to be some amount of time that passes so that you can show that your true, your main loyalty and allegiance is to America and not still to some foreign country, not to come here and get what you can get out of the place and profit some other nation. And really, folks, this is true of state. We see this today. You see people leaving in droves, leftist, socialist, communist-leaning states to come to states where people hold dear to our founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ. There's got to be some kind of time frame. Yeah, come on. Move from one of those states to a more conservative Christian state. That's great. But you're going to have to wait about five years to vote. We're going to have to see if you really are loyal to where you're moving and the principles that have made that place better. Right. Like Hamilton talked about imbibing the spirit of America, our government, which is based on the teachings of Christ. We're going to need a little bit of time. Are you really coming to help? Are you really coming to be an American or to be, if you're talking about on the state level, to be a citizen of that state wherever you're moving? Or are you just coming to get what you can get out of it? And even worse, are you still bringing those same evil values that you just fled from to the place that you're now entering, destroying the place that you're now entering, just like the place that you fled from was destroyed? If the rights of naturalization may be communicated by parts, and it is not perceived why they may not, those peculiar to conducting of business and the acquisition of property might, with propriety, be at once conferred upon receiving proof by certain prescribed solemnities of, the, of their intention to become citizens, postponing all political privileges to the ultimate term. 
to admit foreigners indiscriminately to the rights of citizens the moment that they put foot in our country, as recommended in the message, would be nothing less than to admit the Grecian horse into the citadel of our liberty and sovereignty. People don't deserve the right to citizenship simply because they showed up here on our shores, folks. Simply because you came in and had a kid. There's got to be some term, some time to show that your intentions are truly to be an American, to strengthen our nation, or to strengthen that state that you moved to. There's got to be some time. And you know what? If people really were desperately wanting to be a citizen of that state or nation, they would gladly make that trade. Gladly. I'm a professor, folks, and I've gone way over, I know. Uh, she was from Russia. It's actually, she was a professor in her own right, but she was the wife of the professor that was on my board to get a master's. And when I had the privilege of going in to sit and talk with them quite often. And she grew up in the height of USSR, Soviet, Russia. And, and she made a bunch of comments to me, folks, but one that stuck with me, she said, she said, you know, when we would come home in the afternoon, she was an adult at this point, she said, and we saw a line in our town. We just got in the line. We didn't know what the line was for. Didn't know if there was going to be enough by the time we got to the front of the line to get it. She said, sometimes it would wrap around the whole block. But you just got in line because you knew that whatever the line was for, you didn't have. That's how bad it was. And she, she, she could not stand that people would vote for what she had fled from. And she was beyond grateful to be an American. And without ever having asked, folks, honestly, had no reason to at that time, I would just be willing to bet that she would gladly have said, yeah, I'll wait five years. I'll wait 10 years to vote. I just want to be here. I just want to be an American. I just want to escape that evil that I left and come here to a country that has real freedom and liberty because solely because they have based their government and their society on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because you are a Christian nation. That story we started off with at the beginning, folks, police officer being shot and killed. There's nothing noble or kind or caring about supporting illegal immigration. If you support it, you own a part of that, including the rape of so many women and girls, the sexual exploitation that we see today the human trafficking that we see today, the stealing of resources and representation away from law-abiding citizens and the hurting of our poor and needy. If you support illegal immigration, 
you own a piece of that. There's a handful of issues, folks, that there's just there's just no compromise on. And one of them is this. It's just like Hamilton said, to allow unfettered access to our country, to allow citizenship the moment somebody steps on our shore, has a kid on our shore. Is just like the Trojans taking the horse into the city. You're bringing the enemy in, folks. Because these people aren't trying to do it right. I had a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps that came over and earned his citizenship in the Marine Corps. He did it the right way. I had a captain who married a woman from Italy, got her citizenship. They did it the right way. You want to talk about improving immigration system? Great. We can talk about that. Naturalization. You're serving in our military. You ought to immediately be given citizenship as soon as your term's there. No questions asked, as long as it's an honorable discharge. But illegal immigration, allowing people to become citizens simply because they happen to get to our shore and have a kid? No. Never. And if you're honest at all, you, you know these things somewhere deep down. And you know that, that not doing them is destroying the country. Go back and listen to these words from Hamilton every once in a while, folks. And, uh, and we'll find some more. We'll come back to this again. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. God bless you all. God bless America. God bless you and your family again. And we will talk to you all again real, real soon. Looking forward to it.